right. Good morning. Good afternoon. And good night. My name is Jeremy. I'll be your host for today. I really want to do that. That's like the funnest thing to be like this MC guy, microphone guy. Um, anyways, uh, this is the podcast that I am creating right now. We are episode six of many. Uh, and today I have a parent entrepreneur named Charlene, Miss Charlene or Char for short. How are you doing today? Great. Awesome. Guys, we are in for another special treat. If you notice the theme of what we're talking about, we're talking about business, but we're also talking about parents. And I am, my goal is to find every type of parent that is out there. And today we have the special honor of listening to a story and to somebody who has two kids. She is a single mom. And she is quitting her job during COVID to start her businesses full-time. I'm going to say that again. Single mom, two kids, quitting her job to start her businesses full-time. Let that sink in, people. Because we're going to dig into the psychology of someone who has the cojones to do this. Because I'm terrified. Actually, I'm not terrified. I'm actually very excited. But I know that there are people out there, parents who really want to start their own businesses and they're terrified. They're looking for the security. They're looking for the certainty. They're looking for, you know, some assurances. And here you are with everything in terms of burden, being a single parent, you had your job and now you are quitting said job to do this. Let's start there. So, how? <laughs> okay, let's go into let's go into a more specific question. How? <laughs> um, what possessed you to let's okay let's start simple. What possessed you to want to quit your job to do this full time, especially during uh, under the circumstances that we are currently in with lockdown COVID? And we li- we both live in California, so the restrictions that we have as entrepreneurs and um, business owners are a lot greater than other areas of the country. So, what possessed you to want to just take the leap and go for it? I have always wanted to take the leap and go for it ever since. I graduated from grad school. I've always wanted a private practice as, as an MFT. Um, and I'm sorry, what is an MFT to people MFT. like me? Yes. <laughs> MFT. I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. Awesome. I am also an art therapist. So those, those two kind of go hand in hand in, in the um, program that I studied at. Great. So, um, I've always wanted that and because, um, you know, as when you, when you um, first graduate from grad school, you start out as an associate therapist. Most people, not everybody, but most people find themselves in working in community mental health. And um, once you start in a position like that, you know, you, you get a salary, a consistent salary. You often get, you know, benefits and um, some type of retirement program, and that that feels comfortable. 
Um, but I've always wanted to, to have my own private practice. So fast forward 10 years later, <laughs> 10 years, two kids, and now a single parent later, um, COVID happened. And although I think like every, for the past 10 years, every experience led me to this point, you know, of course I'm looking back with clarity, but, um, COVID happened and, um, I, before COVID happened, before I started working remotely because my job, um, which is a residential treatment program experienced an outbreak oh, COVID. <laughs> so I was working remotely because I had to educate my, my child because schools are shut down. Yep. Yeah, that's coming um, up too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it, everything just became clear for me. It, it was a reminder that the whole reason why I wanted, well, one of the reasons why I wanted a private practice and be, you know, a business owner was to work my life around my kids' life so I could be present for them. And it also once I had taken myself out of the stressful environment of my job, I had a chance to feel that there was, I wasn't aligned anymore with, um, with my job. Okay. No worries. Don't worry. That's our, that's a little, that's our little sound maker that says, all right, guys, pay attention right now. Cause it's about to get really good. <laughs> Okay, so you're basically saying that COVID happened at the best time because it kind of forced you, for lack of a better term, to step into the thing you've always wanted to do and step out of the comfort zone arena. So you, t so you talked about alignment. You talked about being misaligned with the current job that you're, that you're at, and you had a taste of what could be because of how the world kind of happened. And you realize that you were more aligned because now you have more time for your kids or you can set, you can set up the lifestyle to, um, to be, uh, to, to have more time with your kids, but also add value and have your own practice. Yes. Um, and if I could make an analogy, perhaps. Please. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, for anyone that is listening that has been in an unhealthy relationship, in a volatile or abusive relationship, where you know it's not healthy, you know it's not good for you, and um, but you um, kind of feel stuck and trapped. And once you have the courage to step out of that, and it's um, you, you just have this clarity and this freedom. That was kind of what I experienced. I had this clarity. Um, I had a chance to really, yes. We're real guys. This is real. This is it. This is parenting. This is parenting right now while doing a podcast. This is real. Oh. <laughs> this is awesome. See, this is what I'm talking about right here. For all those people who think that they're, um, that they have it hard without having kids. The reality is, is that, the reason why I target parents, I'll say this. The reason why I target parents is because being a parent is a 24-7 job, okay? They will, things will happen, life will happen. And I believe that parents have the number one skill that anyone needs for an entrepreneurship. 
It's called problem solving. It's called making it work. It's called pivoting. It's making things work. And when we go to school, we are taught to work within a system. But if the system breaks, AKA COVID lockdown and school shutting down, you kick on your parenting uh, muscles and you just make it work. That's why it's like when, before this, uh, before this podcast started, uh, Shara and I were talking and she goes, well, my kids are, are home now. I couldn't get a sitter. I'm like, let's just roll with it. We're parents. Anyone who's listening, that's a parent. They're like, Oh, it's awesome. Yeah. No, she's, she's real. This is real. We're not trying to get it perfect. We're trying to be real here. So God bless your daughter for coming in and saying hi. <laughs> so anyways, yes. back to it. I think that, so you talked about that analogy of having the courage to break up. Break up. And for, it it yeah. really does. <laughs> you're breaking up from familiar. That's what you're breaking up from. Right. Because people who are in abusive relationships, what are the like, why? What is the fear? The fear is the unknown. It's the fear of like bad attention. Even if it's not, you know, an abusive one, like leaving any relationship, it's it's scary. Because it's the unknown. We don't know what's going to happen next. At the very least, you stay in a relationship you and it's abusive on one level or another. You can expect it. So it's you're certain that you're going to be able to predict what's going to happen next. Yeah. And like any, like any relationship, you know, um, you, if it's not aligned with your needs and values, and then it gets to a point where, you know, it's, for me, it was like, you know, I can't, I can't go on like this anymore. I want more. I want, you know, there, I know that there's more out there. I had spoken to enough women out there who are doing it enough single parents who are doing it enough women you know women in relationships like they were doing it and so um it gave me hope and it gave me encouragement and i figured now's the perfect time i mean there there is no perfect time but now's the perfect time i'm so glad you said that there's as i'm doing more of these podcasts two themes keep coming up one is alignment where really getting in touch with knowing who we are, what we want to experience, you know, and the other has to do with seeing the possibilities. I, I, I learned something the other day where if you genuinely are happy for somebody else's success, the next question becomes, is it possible for me? And that's where it kind of starts. When you start seeing that it is possible, then the courage starts coming in. It's like, okay, now you start daydreaming. You start daydreaming about what's possible for you. And then something else happens and you get a little taste of it because now you have to work from home. And then et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So I'm hearing that that was your progression. Is that fair? Yeah. Okay. So knowing all of this, so you're, so you're in this stage, would you say that your circumstances were the catalyst to really going for it? Or were there other factors uh, that said, okay, it's time? 
because COVID is usually just like one thing, but it's, but there's usually other things that also add to the fuel to say, okay, it's time to go. Um, I think it was a huge part of it, but as I said there, you know, it was a series of experiences and just, you know, progression over time. Um, and, you know, I, I had applied to other jobs um, and I, you know, I was searching and even though I was applying to other jobs, they still weren't a hundred percent in alignment with what I was wanting and needing. And, you know, I, I believe that we can manifest, you know, exactly what we want. Um, I've seen it happen in my own life. I've seen it happen with other people. So I think, you know, applying to other jobs was like part of the process because it was giving me courage to be open to something different. Um, and in that process, being offered opportunities and still going, yeah, that's, that's not, you know, um, whether it was like, that's not what I want or my time and my skills are way more valuable than what you're offering me. Then finally, it was like, you know, I'm at this point where I've done all of this work. I've put myself out there. I, I can't, I can't continue where I'm at. I'm not comfortable. It's, going to um it's going to affect my well-being it's going to affect my health it's going to affect my mental health it's going to affect my family how can i be a full-time working parent and educate my child um so i just i took a deep breath and <laughs> and here we go and now we're here now you're doing a podcast <laughs> <laughs> And it's incredible when, like, once you, um, and somebody told me this, you know, over the past 10 years, I've been meeting with people to learn about private practice. So I was just, you know, getting, leaning on others and getting information from others, getting inspired by them. And about maybe eight years ago, I met with someone who is a thriving private practice. Um, and she told me, you know, you need to open up space in your heart to let it in. And I was like, Oh, you know, that's sweet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's um, nice. <laughs> um, and it's true. And it was, you know, um, one of my very best friends, she's in graduate school to be an MFT, also a parent. <laughs> and she told me, okay, go get a new one. Okay. Let me turn on the lights really quick so she can get okay. a bandage. <laughs> Guys, it never stops. As a parent, it never stops. This is the part of, this is what I love so much. This is the real. Again, we're too staged in life. And to see parenting happen during a podcast, I think this is going to be, a, I think this is going to be a reoccurring theme. I'm going to find parents who have kids that are, um, who are kids that are um, five or under. So that we're going to get interrupted every like 10 minutes. And it's like, this is a real podcast. This is real life. So you're the first of many. Sure. Giving away. Um, <laughs> Setting the stage. So my best friend told me, you know, um, toward the beginning of when I started my practice, on top of working my full-time job, a, a side job and a side hustle in, in parenting, she said, how are you supposed to grow your business when you don't have time? You need to make time 
And she had been telling me that for a while, but you know, when you're not ready to actually hear it or make the change. But this time I, I, because my heart was really so invested in growing my business, my private practice, I finally was like, you're right. Okay. It's time. And so by the end of that week, I gave my resignation and really put myself out there, opened up my heart, like that the therapist eight years ago said, <laughs> and, um, and, you know, I've been getting calls. I've been getting referrals. I've connected with people like you, Jeremy, and um, just, you know, like all these opportunities and to connect with others. And, and that I think, you know, that's really what growing a business is about, like connecting. True. True statement in every form. It's, it's whether or not we have a product or service-based business, this is relying on people. And how are you going to, how are you going to offer your services without connecting? It's impossible. There has to be some type of trust. There's this connection where, again, we go back to alignment. I'm not looking for, I'm not looking to help the entire world. There are seven, I did the math, 7.6 billion people. If I have a hundred thousand of them, which is still a lot for me, that's 0.0000001%. So we are all aligning and how you and I met, by the way, I'll plug it in. AHN, Asian Hustle Network on Facebook. They're branding everywhere now, but that's how like I've, I've interviewed a couple of other people uh, on this podcast too. I, another one is here. So I'm plugging you guys in. You guys are the best. I am emulating everything you're doing, but we're here to connect. We're here to learn from each other. We're here to help each other. And that's, and that's the, you know, there's one thing that when, when you and I first connected, there was something that you said that I found so fun and fascinating and I got to ask now in front of the dozens of people listening to this, right <laughs> oh, the tens of people that are going to be listening to this. Oh man, I'm having too much fun here. <laughs> when, when I talked to you about your business, you said, I have no idea what I'm doing, <laughs> but you're still doing it. I believe in um, falling forward. I say fumbling forward. Yes. Because <laughs> yeah. I'm still on my feet. <laughs> yeah. um, I like that better. Fumbling forward. Fumbling forward. Yeah. <laughs> so fumbling forward, what does that entail for you? Because for me, if you, if you were to rewind me about six to nine months ago, I was craving certainty. I was mm -hmm. craving it, you know, and this was even before COVID. It was this, I will pay you X amount of money for your program to give me certainty. And then I would find it. I'm like, no, that's not it. That doesn't align with me. And then the more now I feel so open and so free to just say, well, we're going to try this and we're going to experiment. So I'm going to stop talking, but like what, how, how do you cultivate that fumbling forward? So I'm going to be a new parent or I'm a parent and I am inspired by you to fumble forward. How, how do I do it? How do I start if I'm craving the certainty? How did you do it? I've, I've never been comfortable with mediocrity. Hmm. 
Um, I've always wanted to share greatness with others. I think that's part of why I became a therapist is wanting to help people connect with their greatness. And in my journey, being able to connect with my own greatness, that was a huge, you know, learning process for me um, with lots of fumbling forward and falling. Um, but, um, you know, you, the only way to learn is to do it. Yes. <laughs> you learn some, you know, you, you go through the process, some, you kind you know, you figure out what works and what doesn't. Um, and, um, as I said, I've been connecting with a lot of people asking a million questions. What works for you? What works for you? And, um, taking what works for me or what feels right for me and and just doing it i mean the only way the the only way through is through yeah the only way to get to the point a to point b is to go through it right and that's i i i always use the analogy too of of kids learning how to walk mm -hmm. You know, they fall, they get up and, but after a certain point, if they keep falling, you don't go to them and say, you know, you've been, this is like your hundredth time falling. I, you may not necessarily be fit to walk anymore. Like I, I don't see it, but that's what we do as, a, as adults. Right. But kids, they just experiment. Okay. Well, if I tilt my head this way, I'm top heavy and I'm going to keep going this way. So maybe I should try this way. And sooner or later they get it their way. My, my two-year-old, he's, when he was one, he didn't crawl. He scooted. Never seen that before in my life. I'm like, what is this little kid? He's on his butt and his legs just move forward and backward. And I'm like, what are you doing? And I'm like, why aren't you crawling? And he scoots. I've never seen it before. And so he, he still got there. He just figured it out. It's like, well, I don't like this way. I like it this way. And I still get to point A to point B. So this fumbling forward is really a thing. It's so, okay, so let's talk. So, okay, put me on the couch for a second. And again, I am a, I am a parent who feels like the job that I'm waiting to get back to that I no, don't necessarily love is not letting me go back to work. And I have this idea, but... I am terrified. I'm scared. I don't know what to do. I don't even know how to begin, but I know it's not this and something's telling me it's that, but that terrifies me. What do I do? Oh boy. Um, <laughs> Put me on the couch. Sure, I need you. <laughs> well, you know, I, um, here's that word again, alignment. Always stay in alignment with that, with that feeling with the feeling that um, the emotion you feel when you think about that, that dream or that idea, because that's what's gonna keep pushing you forward. Um, and then, you know, if any of the dozens of people watching, <laughs> listening, um, have heard of Mel Robbins, five, four, three, two, one, go. Just do it, do one, um, and you know, in this process, when I finally made the decision to start my practice, to start this, this business, I made it a point to do one small thing every day. 
because it felt overwhelming um, as if I had to like have it all figured out or be completely established, you know, immediately. So I did one small thing every day, whether it was find someone to talk to and ask what they did or, you know, um, file for my business license or, you know, whatever it is that you have to do, because each step you take is going to lead you to the next one. It, it just happens because you have that forward momentum. I have found, I actually have to, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. Like there are days when the highs are highs and then the lows are really low. And I would just look at myself. I said, I can't do anything. Okay. Let me just edit this one line of text. <laughs> and at the very least, that's it. I'm going to edit this one line of text and then I do it. And then it's like, well, I, I did that one. Well, I can do one more. And we, what's the saying? They say that we overestimate what we can do in the short term and we underestimate what we can do in the long term. Is that, so basically that's what you're talking about. Yeah. It's the consistency of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, and just taking it one step at a time and being open to the journey. Yes. Um, because, you know, you think that it has to go a certain way, but you know, be open to whatever the outcome is. Like, you know, I, here I am just trying to establish myself, like taking this huge leap, don't know what's going to happen, hoping that, I mean, not really giving myself a choice. It's not hope. Like I have to make this happen. Um, but, um, you know, one step towards, I mean, even like the practical aspects of starting a business, you know, one step literally does lead to the other step. Like I can't get my business license until I file for my DBA, but like, you know, in literal terms, but even in that process, you know, as I connect with one person, well, they connect me with this other person over here who connects me with this other person over here and each person that I meet along the way, they, you know, they, um, it, they offer me something new and, um, even in connecting with you who like offered this, this idea that has, I think on an, on some type of like universal energetic level has opened up doors for me in connecting and offering, um, uh, what do I say? Like offering an opportunity for me to share with other groups of people. Amen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what do you need for all of those that are listening she's being waved away <laughs> she's being waved away <laughs> okay we're gonna take five okay. <laughs> okay we're back she's back and we're going with the flow the good news is None of us remember what we just said, so we know that we. This is pure essence. This is the purity of of talk. This is not scripted, folks. By the way, out there, I'm still figuring out the name of my podcast. If you guys have any ideas, now's the time. So, fumbling forward, I love what you said about taking one action will automatically lead you to the next step. 
It's so interesting. And this is sort of like a, it's, it's the, the only words that I can come up with is like blind faith, but it's not, it's actually systematic that the moment I put out a podcast, what is the natural progression? We need to cut it. We need to, you know, post and then post it on social media. After it posts on social media, people will react. After they react, then we adjust. And there's just this, I mean, whether or not there's a recipe for this, the main point is you just have to start taking action. Just start. Like you said, Mel Robbins, just start. It's the go ready, set mentality. Right. And that's yeah. what it sounds like you're doing right now. So you are living. Okay. And guys, she's just starting her business full time. We're going to go back and we're going to have her on again in about six months or 12 months. And you're going to hear about her all over the world. You heard about her first here. <laughs> this is ground zero right now. So when I think about the psychology about parenting and starting a business, has that ever weighed on you? Or has that been a fuel or has that like, how, how has your kids interacted with your business? Good, bad, or indifferent, just from perspective. It was a fear for the longest time because, um, you know, like we were saying earlier, you know, when, when you have the familiar, um, I don't want to say comfortable because there was a, deg a degree of discomfort, but the, but the familiar and the comfort of having a consistent salary, of having the benefits, healthcare, which is so important. Um, that kept me locked into um, working for an agency. <clears throat> so, um, yeah, it, it was fear for a long time. And has that, has that evolved? I mean, I'm still scared. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. But, but knowing, you know, I, I've, I've worked hard my entire life. I have um, grown another business um, the past five years. You know, I've, I've learned how to just, you know, keep going and to hold my vision and to hold my belief and knowing that, um, you know, now that I'm in this situation where, where, you know, I'm not going to have those, uh, those aspects of a, of a like corporate type job, you know, now I have to make it happen. So like you were saying about parenting, you know, like you pivot, you find a way. And your kids are going to hold you accountable for better or for worse. <laughs> they do. They do. Um, you know, I've, I've made promises to them that um, I will be able to have more time with them. Um, and my son, he asks me all the time, like, you know, holds me accountable in my other business. You know, mommy, when are you going to, you know, do this? When are you going to do that? And it's like, well, it's one thing we're not supposed to break promises to ourselves, first of all. Um, but you really better not break a promise to your children. Yeah. <laughs> so they hold me accountable. Good. It's, yeah. it, it's such a fun, 
I I have my five year old and I'm I'm envisioning. Okay, guys, right now again, I'm going to spill something personal about me. I envision buying another uh, a new house. And I told my son, I said, buddy, we're gonna not we're not going to live here uh, for very much longer. We might go into another house, and you might have to, um, you know, you might have to sleep with your brother in the same room. And da da da. And every single day, are we moving yet? <laughs> and my wife looks at me i'm gonna kill you for saying that to him and i'm like okay maybe we should have a different conversation but every day it's this constant are we are we there yet are we there yet type of thing and it's like well i'm working on it now i mean like i was sitting down watching tv but i guess i should work on the business because because now i told this i committed to him and now he's expecting this house so yeah definitely holding my foot to the fire there he's my accountability so with your business, uh, so with your businesses, so you have two businesses. Let's talk about mm -hmm. that for a second. So the, so you said that you are um, a therapist mm -hmm. and I'm going to butcher this because I, you know, I know nothing Jon Snow when it comes to therapy. Um, but you have a couple of different services within the, um, within the business, within the therapy realm. And then you also have another business doing uh network marketing, correct? Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm going to dive into this just a little bit, just because I personally don't like network marketing. So to have somebody who's been in it for a while and who's successfully doing it, I would love to have this conversation right now, <laughs> just because I've tried it six times and I have not been able to figure it out. So it's not for me. It's not, it's not in my alignment. But when you, not necessarily about what the network marketing um, model is, but your experience with the business model overall, not necessarily the brand, but you've been in it for a while and you stuck with it. So what are the benefits to you for being an MLM? Um, for me, it's been a huge part of it has been the community. Um, the you know, the brands and the community, the team that I on that I'm on that I that I get to work with, so to speak. You know, gosh, we're we're so close. Um, and you know, my experience with my MLM, I I really feel like it's influenced so many aspects of my life, including this decision to leave my job <laughs> and start a, a practice. You know, it's taught me um, about knowing my worth. Um, it's taught me about knowing what my values are and making sure that everything in my life is aligned with those values. It's taught me how to network. <laughs> how to put myself out there and have confidence with, because I'm actually like, I'm an introvert. I'm actually very shy. And so it really pushed me to um, put myself out there and talk to people and have conversations with them. And because I'm not good with small talk, it's helped me to start with small talk, which is uncomfortable, but also like, you know, how to, how to um, form deeper connections with people who are outside of my comfort zone. Um, it's taught me persistence. <laughs> it's taught me, um, it's given me 
a perspective that like there's more to life than working for somebody else and building someone else's dreams. (laughs) Okay, fine. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That I, you know, when, at least with our company, um, you know, of course it's at first I was like money, extra money. And, and I like these products. Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Just a minute. Okay. No, 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 no. She's the boss of the house. Hi. No, 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 no. Okay. We're going to take a short little break. Guys, I am loving everything about this uh, podcast right now. I'm going to go on a little rant because I believe that the spontaneity of life, the things that are not scripted are what make life beautiful. And to see a parent be a parent, to knowing that there's a responsibility, knowing that we have a commitment to doing other things, we're just making it all work. We are, I have a dog in the background that's barking right now. I'm just making this up as I go along and it's fun. It's exciting. It's new. And this is what life is about. You know, the predictability of life becomes boring. If you know, if if every day became Groundhog Day, life would be boring. We need the variety. We need growth. And the things that throw curveballs in our life, whether we want it to happen or not, this is what makes life interesting exciting. These are where stories are made, where there's struggle, where there is um, conflict, when there's growth opportunities. And so we're just here making it up as we go along. I learned this the hard way and I finally accepted it that whether you're 20, 40, 60, 80, 100, we're still making it up. Like we may have recipes on how to do certain things. I remember listening to something that Al Pacino said. He said, you know, I was a very successful actor for a long time. And then I got my hand into directing and everyone was looking to me like I actually knew what I was talking about, but it was the first time I ever directed. And so I had no idea. And so when we do all of these things, it's really about just making it up, having the courage to go for it, having the certainty within yourself, finding your alignment. When you find your alignment, you are able to trust in you and say, this is where I belong. I'm telling you right now, this podcast, I haven't felt this good in 13 years when I first started my last business. This is how much I am aligned. And for better, for worse, you guys are stuck with me. So... And I'm going to make this up as I go along. So when I see these types of occurrences where our kids interrupt us, again, this is why I'm so in love with parents. Parents know how to make things work. You're going to hear me talk to more and more parents. And everybody out there who's not a parent, I love you all the same. But at the end of the day, when people ask, what is it it like to be a parent? I can never tell you. But for every parent out there, I can give you a nod. And you know exactly what I'm talking about. And Shar is back <clears throat> and end rant. <laughs> so I love everything that you talked about with uh, the, 
with your MLM because these are very vital things to, it helps create a structure, a system, a little chance of predictability while tasting entrepreneurship. You talked about the, um, the encouragement, the community aspect. And I never, and now that I'm thinking about it, the more and more I think about it, I'm like, yeah, I never really utilized the uh, community. I was really that lone ranger type and I already was good at this, but you know, I didn't really utilize. I'm like, okay, okay, this makes sense. I get it. Okay. Sign me up. Just kidding. <laughs> Just kidding. But I, I will concede that there are a lot of benefits and there's a lot of great MLMs out there. Mm-hmm. No, there, I think that I was, I've had the unique fortune of going for the scams. Who knew? <laughs> Cause they're no longer here. <laughs> and there's a, there's a reason why. Um, let's actually sh- uh, shift gears for a quick second. Cause okay. So thank you about the MLM. Cause that, that I, I can vouch for that. I can say, yes, everything that you talked about, there are, there are benefits to it. Now going into your own private practice, I believe that a business is an, is, is I, I've said this on every other podcast, a business is a spiritual journey when it's based on you, when it's based on your talents, your gifts. Why do I say that? It's because business is an extension of us. If we are going into the world and we see that we can do it a better way, that's because if, if we provide a service, we believe that we can help a specific group of people that are not necessarily being served the way we believe that they should be. So it's an extension of how we believe the world could be and that we can make a difference. So knowing that with your business as a therapist, what are the elements that you believe you are bringing to the table for the people out there and who are you trying to attract? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Didn't know we we're going to go there. Good luck. Um, yeah. Well, you know, in, in this whole journey, you know, when fear was creeping up, it, you know, with imposter syndrome, like, Oh gosh, I'm not good enough. Who, who would want to work with me? And, um, and really having to remind myself that, you know, there's people out there who will have a unique connection with me and what I have to offer. So, um, you know, I have certain skill sets um, to start off with, you know, like I said, I'm an art therapist. I work with a mind body approach using somatic experiencing. I'm trained in something called EMDR. So I have these skills, but then on top of that, um, You know what, gosh, I'm, I'm trying to think of exactly like what makes a person connect with me. I, I don't know if that's something that I have awareness of that I, I can articulate. Um, so far, I, you know, I, I love, I love working with the people who are working with me right now, um, which is so refreshing um, <clears throat> because at the job that I'm, that I'm exiting, um, you know, I love the kids. It, it's just heavy, heavy, heavy work. And, um, and it's a locked residential treatment center for youth who have experienced complex trauma, just really, really um, rough environment. So, oh boy. Um, the people I love, you know, I love working I love working with, you know, older teens. I love working with teens. 
I love working with adults. Um, I have experience working with young kids, but I think, you know, I also have my two, <laughs> two of my own young children. So right now I like focusing on the olders. Um, Why? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> um, and gosh, you know, I just love helping people. Um, align with their their best self and working through you know whatever emotional discomfort they're experiencing um like you know it's really hard to say like who my ideal client is but just anyone who's willing to dig deep and do the work <laughs> with <It's>, me <laughs> you know it's the it's the finding alignment but you know there when i was going through my dark days I didn't align to anything and I didn't know how to get out. Mm -hmm. That was an interesting place where you don't know what you're supposed to be doing. Uh, you know, you can call it, you can call it enlightenment for the Eastern people. You can call it midlife crisis for the Westerners, but it was this sense of questioning when you don't know what alignment is but I was willing to do the work, but I didn't know how to get out. Where were you six months ago? <laughs> Nine months ago. Um, I actually am very curious because we, something that was very fascinating to me before was the art therapy. That to me was just, I, I, I wanted, I want to dig more into that, that, that concept of art being a therapy. Cause you know, I'm, I'm used to the, put me on the couch and let me talk for about six hours until I come up with my aha moment, but using art, tell me more about that. Yeah. The great thing about using art to help someone reach their aha moments, um, it's being able to take whatever's happening on the inside of you, a feeling, a thought, something that you weren't even aware that you were experiencing maybe and putting it out into something visual or three-dimensional or two-dimensional, right? So um, making this visual representation of your internal experience and using the art process or even, you know, um, exploring the outcome of what you made to increase insight, to work through challenges um, and just get a, a different perspective of what your internal experience is. Now, I, I, so my past, my past businesses, uh, I was a photographer, so I'm great with Photoshop. My drawing and my painting skills are less than stellar. Like I can Pollock and just splash paint on a, on a board, but I don't know if that's actually even good. So would this work for somebody who is never ne necessarily, like I'm a paint by, by number kind of guy. So how, how, how would you qualify somebody that would actually, this would align with? Do I need experience being artistic in order for me to do this? Absolutely not. And anyone who's open to the process, uh, art therapy can be helpful for anybody. Um, you know, it helps if you're open to the process. Um, there is a therapeutic, uh, there is a therapeutic aspect to a Pollock style art making <laughs> process um, in that it's so kinesthetic, right? Like you're using your whole body 
to make images on a canvas or a paper. And I've actually done that with, with some kids before. And it's, um, it was awesome. Um, and actually with those kids at the time, they would, uh, they were self-harmers. So they would like <laughs> swallow um, objects that you're not supposed to eat. Yeah. So we were using um, edible tools to make the art. So we were using like Twizzlers and marshmallows and like using that to drip the paint. So pretty cool. You have to get creative, but um, yeah, it's not about making pretty art. It's just about creating and, and getting the outside. I'm, I'm sorry, the getting what's inside out. It's also very subtle because if someone, so instead of being able to verbalize it, at least you feel the feeling and instead of using words, now you're using action, you're using visual um, representation to actually talk about how you feel. And then once it's out there, once it's in the physical, now you're able to talk about it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And <clears throat> for some people um, who've experienced trauma, for example, their trauma happened before they had words, before they had language. So it, it's also a different way to process things when you don't have, like you were saying, like you, you don't have language for it. Or um, when there's an emotion or experience that there's no, there's just no words for. Well, we can create something that represents whatever that feeling or um, experience is. I just had a thought just now, just now, literally just now. This is not scripted. My five-year-old loves to draw. This morning he woke up, he goes, it's Saturday, right? No school. And I'm like, yeah. He sat down in front of his easel and just started drawing. I'm looking at him, take my phone. Oh, I'm like, that's cool. And he drew for like half an hour. He was just making stuff up. He's an emotional guy. He's extremely emotional. The highs are highs, the lows are lows. But he, and he's such a great kid. Everyone thinks that their kids are great. This kid is a great kid. But when he has emotional moments, would it actually be helpful for him if I say, draw how you feel right now? Like, would I be using it in the, in the right context? Because he can use his words. But I would, I'm kind of curious now to say, go for it. Here's, here, I got a big spread of paper and I got all these things. How you feel, just let it out on paper. Like, is that, some, is that real? Is that something I can do as a parent? I mean, that's something that my son does. He's, you know, he's made drawings to show me his feelings, um, how angry he is sometimes. And, you know, kind of um, like this process, right? Like this storytelling process, it allows, you know, allowing anybody, a child or anybody to tell a story, to tell their story. And, and the story can, can include you know, a drawing or art making, it could include this dialogue that you and I are having. Um, and, um, you know, I, there's this like whole therapeutic aspect of storytelling, like, you know, s stories that get passed down traditionally from like generation to generation, like there's therapeutic value in it. Um, and then of course, in the, in the therapeutic process, you know, if, if the approach that we're taking is is um, sharing a narrative, of course, you know, there, there can be a restructuring of that narrative to repair or to heal. 
This is so cool. I'm so using this. Like, I'm going to go upstairs. How are you feeling, buddy? Here, draw it. <laughs> I'm so going to use this now. This is, I'm, I'm kind of like, this is going to be the next holy grail for me. I'm, oh man, I'm, I'm so happy right now. Okay. I'm rolling with that. Okay. So let me ask you a different question. Since I'm, so now I'm, now I'm invested in, in this, in this concept. I'm, I'm probably going to use this more for when he's sad than when he's happy or when he's frustrated or whatever the case. And do I, do I just tell him to draw out his feelings? Like, is there, is there a way to, again, he's five. So is there a way to present this in a way for him to be cooperative? He, I mean, he may just like take this, like you draw your feelings type of thing at me, but is there a way that, I can ease this into him or introduce it to him? Yeah, I mean, you know, sh show me what you're feeling. Okay. It's a simple invitation. Keep it simple, okay. Yeah, and then, you know, um, be curious. So when, once he's finished his drawing, just be curious. Like, tell me, tell me, tell me about your drawing and let him tell you the story of it, you know, and, and just reflecting back to him. Like, oh, yeah, I... I heard you say that, you know, the cat in the drawing feels sad because blah, 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 to help him feel heard and supported and validated. Oh, man, this is so fun. Okay, game over. Thank you. I'm a changed man. I learned something new today. Oh, here we go. We're going to have a third business here. <laughs> awesome. Well, that was I'd, I'd like to end on that now because I'm feeling great. This was a, a great conversation. Congratulations to you for taking the leap, you know, with your two kids. It's you're inspiring. You're doing it and you can, you are going to pave the way for more people to just go for it. Start with your alignment and step into your power as best as you can. Now, I understand that you're you're just getting started, but how can people find you? Um, <laughs> well, if you we can be the, <laughs> we can be a to be continued, and you can send it to me later. But uh, yeah, well, for right now, um, because I haven't made my website yet, you can find me on Psychology Today. Okay. And if you search in the therapist section um, under my name, which my full name is Charlene Meyer. Okay. Um, and I can send you the correct spelling of my name because, of course, it's um, <laughs> unique. Not the, yeah, it's not the typical spelling. Um, and, you know, if these people, if the people out there have a direct connection with you, they can ask you for my info. I will be the referral. Absolutely. <laughs> Let's do this. Awesome. Thank you so much again. Thank your kids for, uh, for your daughter for uh, making a guest appearance for a quick couple of seconds. I loved every minute of it. And good luck to you. We're going to check back in maybe in the next six months to see how the businesses are going and how you're rocking it. Anything that you've learned would like to share. Again, thank you so much for being part of this. Thank you. Oh.